All right. Good morning. I mean, I, I heard that for the first time yesterday, and for some reason it makes me want to dance like the Fresh Prince up here. Anybody else feel that way? Every time. All right, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Hi. Hello, everyone. My name is Donovan Smith. I'm the worship pastor here at Center Point Church, and I am bringing the Word of God today. And I'm really excited because we're starting a new series called All of a Sudden. Uh, so I know it sounds very theatrical, right? All of a Sudden. Uh, but in this series, we're going to talk about how, you know, for most of us, our lives, that we have gradual planning and we have a plan for life. You know, we went to school, we did this, everything is in order, we have a plan for life. And even in our walk with the Lord, there's a gradual development, there's a gradual build in our walk in Christ, in our faith. But then there are those moments, which I know a lot of us have experienced, especially this past year, where things happen all of a sudden, right? Very quickly, with no warning at all whatsoever. And then we're faced with a challenge, an opportunity to grow and to walk in our faith and discover Jesus in a completely different way. And so uh, when we talk about all of a sudden, in the Bible there are many different examples of all of a sudden encounters that God has with his people. Just to name a few, we have in the book of Luke where the angel of the Lord appeared suddenly uh, to the shepherds in the field and said, hey, Jesus is going to be born to you. Then you have another example in Exodus uh, where a burning bush, you know, tells Moses to take his shoes off. I'm pretty sure he wasn't expecting that when he woke up in the morning. That was kind of an all of a sudden kind of a thing as well. And then there is an all of a sudden moment that the, uh, Saul has, and we know him as the Apostle Paul. And this was an all of a sudden moment that changed his life forever. So we're going to be talking about that today. So a lot of you here, as we're talking about all of a sudden moments, a lot of you may be saying, you know, well, I, haven't, I don't know if I've had an all of a sudden moment with Jesus. I mean, my everyday, you know, doesn't include an angel showing up to me and telling me what to do, right? So for some of us, our all of a sudden moments look a little bit more like my kid gets hurt and I have to rush into the hospital all of a sudden, right? Or my car doesn't start and I can't get my kids to school or go to work all of a sudden. So what happens in our life as we get older, all of a sudden moments become an inconvenience, right? All of a sudden moments. We're like, no, I need guarantees. I need to know my car is going to start. Don't surprise me. No surprise birthday parties. Don't sneak up on me and say, guess who? None of that stuff, okay? We want life to go and flow a certain way. Don't mess with my plan, right? We get that way. And so here, we're here right now. We plan to be here. We plan to come to church today, right? We all plan to come here today. Unless you just randomly showed up here. I want to hear that story later. But anyways, you know, we plan to be here in church today. I think a lot of times what happens is we come to church, right? We show up here. Like, oh, amazing facility. This is so awesome. The music is cool. The message is awesome. The community is awesome. But the moment that the Holy Spirit comes in to rest upon us, we're like, oh, I don't know about that. We like the way church looks from a distance. We like the idea of God, but the moment things get really personal and he comes to rest upon us, we get a little uncomfortable. Oh, that, that spiritual stuff is a little bit too intense for me, right? I mean, I, I get like that sometimes too. i got to be honest with you here, here today. And so I want to share with you just a quick story. My wife and I, we've become very fascinated by doves, okay, the birds. I want to make sure I'm speaking clearly. Doves. Okay, and so we're now, just to, just to say this, we're not the kind of people who we over-spiritualize animals, because, I mean, I got some family members to where an eagle flies over by, they're like, that's the sign of the Lord's provision, everyone get on your knees and pray. Like, that's not, I know, wow, yeah, that's pretty intense. We're not, we're not like that, but over the past several years in the places that we've lived, every place we've lived, there's always been two doves just sitting on a nearby tree outside of our window. When I say outside of a window, I don't mean like you have to go looking for it. Like literally, they just position themselves right in front of the nearest, closest window to our house. And this has been happening for about five years now. And so my wife and I, not trying to over-spiritualize it, you know, uh, but we just said, you know what? Let's accept this as a symbol of God's peace in our life. And we're like, okay, cool. 
So uh, two months ago, we just bought, we purchased a house. Sure enough, two days into living into this house, there are two doves sitting outside of our window. And we're like, oh my, I know, aw, right? I was like, oh, this is so cool. Okay, see, there it is, a sign of God's, a symbol of God's peace in our life. Uh, a week later, I walk outside and we have this patio that was built on and it's like attached to the house, so it's a part of this house. And there's like lighting fixtures up there. I walk outside, there's a nest sitting on one of the lighting fixtures. And I'm a, I'm a first-time home buyer, so I don't want any of that stuff on my house, so I get a broom and I knock it down. Some of you are like, oh, you monster. I know, I know. <laughs> I knock it down, falls on the ground, my kids take it, it disappears, it's broken and, and it's done, okay? So uh, a couple days later, I'm not even kidding you guys, two days later, I'm at work, I get a text from my wife, and she sends me this. Can we put that picture up there? They had rebuilt their nest in two days. They were swooping in with sticks in their mouth and just rebuilding this thing. They were like on a timeline. It was crazy. They were building this nest so quickly. And then uh, this video, too. Can we show the video as well? They're both up there. Oh, my gosh, Aria. Ah! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Some of you are like, you're training your kids to take down doves with bats. How could you? Oh, man. So when my wife sent me this, I was, for some reason, this really frustrated me. And it became a part of my list of grievances. Like, I was so mad. I was like, man, I got to get my oil change for my car. I got to pay this bill. I got to take care of this. I got to get this dove's nest out of my house. And I was so frustrated with this. And then the Holy Spirit had a moment with me, and this may be a stretch for some of you, but I'm just sharing with you my heart, okay? He had a moment with me, and he said, have doves not been a symbol of peace in your life? And I was like, well, yeah, Lord. And, so he, and then he said, so why are you trying to tear the nest down? See, I, I know, right? <laughs> I was like, dang. I was okay when the doves were outside on a branch outside of my house, but the moment they came to build their resting place on my property, I had a problem with it. And I couldn't help but draw the correlation. We do that with the Holy Spirit sometimes. Right? We love the way church looks from a distance. Oh, that looks cool. But the moment he comes in to build a resting place for himself in our lives, and along that, with that comes conviction, and that word sometimes we're like, oh, conviction. Conviction is good. Conviction draws us closer to the heart of the Father. And conviction sometimes with the Holy Spirit will be like, hey, you, you're struggling with gossiping a little bit. I, I want you to give that to me. Hey, this addiction that you have in your life, hey, give that to me. The moment things get really personal, we're like, ah, oh, this is uncomfortable. And I, I'm speaking to myself here too, okay? We, we get like that sometimes. And so I've been praying for all of you all week, all week, on my knees praying for all of you. And my prayer to the Holy Spirit was this, Lord, would you speak better than me today? Would you speak to your people today? So I believe that every single one of you, I'm going to try to look at all of you here today. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm praying that God is going to have a revelation with every single one of you here today. Every single one, all of you here today. That's my prayer. So the title of my message today is Raise Your Awareness to the Spirit of God in Your Life. Amen? Go ahead and turn. Yes, he's good. He's so good. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 9, verses 1. Uh, we're going to be spending all of our time in this passage, but let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit to lead us in truth. And I pray that truth would become evident today in the hearts of your people. I pray, Lord, that you would rest upon this place right now with your power of your Holy Spirit, that you would draw us closer to your heart. You're not a, a God that condemns. You convict us, but that conviction is to lead us closer to your heart. So I pray that the message that is going forth today would be received knowing that, they, that every single person here is loved, 
by our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Acts chapter 9, verses 1. We're going to be talking about Saul, and a lot of you know him as the Apostle Paul. And so before we get into this scripture, uh, let's talk about Saul for just a second. He was very, very smart, very intelligent man, okay? Very fluent in multiple languages. There were instances in the Bible where he can speak to one group of people in a language and then pause and then speak in another language to another group of people. Like, it's pretty incredible. Uh, he's very, very religious, very passionate about the law, okay? The 613 Levitical law, he was very passionate. The Bible says he was zealous for God in this time of his life. During his days as a student, he had the best teacher of the Jewish law in all of Israel. So Saul was no slouch. He was very, very well educated. During Jesus' ministry here on earth, Saul was most likely living his life as a Pharisee. After the resurrection of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus began to spread throughout all of Jerusalem. Saul did not like this. Okay? To Saul, the Messiah could not possibly be someone who was slain and nailed to a cross. To Saul, there was no possible way that this Jesus could have been the Messiah. Therefore, there was no resurrection to Saul. And to think otherwise was heresy. And according to the law, the punishment for heresy was death. Saul was very, very serious about this. Okay? Now let's jump into the scripture. Verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters to be addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. I like how he calls it, they call it the way. Both men and women. He wanted to bring both men and women back to Jerusalem in chains. So this was Saul's plan. The all-of-a-sudden moment of Jesus raising from the dead was a, was a threat to Saul's way of life. It was a threat to everything he had learned, and he came up with a plan. His plan was to persecute and kill anyone who claimed Jesus to be the Son of God. This was Saul's plan, and it was definitely interrupted. Let's keep reading. As he was approaching to Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, uh, Saul... Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And then the voice replied, I am Jesus. I am the one you are persecuting. So what's amazing about this is in the scriptures we read encounters with, the, with, with God, and it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joshua. God appeared to Moses through a burning bush. But Jesus made this personal. <laughs> Jesus said, Jesus was like, I'm going to handle this myself. I sent Jesus up in heaven saying, you persecuted me? All right, I'm going to handle this myself. Jesus comes <laughs> down from heaven and stops Saul himself. Stops him in his tracks, knocks him on the ground, right? So let's just keep reading right here. He says to him, now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days, and he did not eat or drink. <laughs> okay, so there's a saying that I've been hearing for a lot of my life, and I'm not trying to come against, come against this, but I, it, I wrestle with the thought when people say, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And I get what they, what they mean by that, because a lot of times we pull from, uh, the verse where it says, I stand at the door and I knock, waiting for the door to be opened, right? Bible says that love is patient, love is kind. That's the characteristics of God. But there was nothing gentle about this encounter that Saul just had with Jesus, was there? <laughs> nothing, nothing gentle about this encounter, okay? 
And so I want to let you guys know today that our God is gentle and he's patient and he's kind, but there will be moments when he humbles us in his glory, in his presence. And I know we don't like that because the submission, right? And we, man, the word submission has a very negative ring to it in our culture, right? We don't like the, the word submission and, and the word humility. No one likes to be humble. Can we just be honest right now? Can we be honest in church? Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm looking forward to my daily slice of humble pie, right? Nobody says that. Nobody wakes up and says, I'm looking forward to some submitting today. Nobody says that. That's because we have this desire for control. We have a desire for control over our lives, and sometimes we have a desire to control other people. we got to be real in church today, okay? We have this desire for control, but we have to position ourselves to understand and realize that he is God and we are not. He is God and we are not. You see, when you have your philosophy, your ideology, your preferences, your way of life, and that comes and it collides with the glory of the Lord, something's got to yield. Something's got to give. Something needs to bow. And I'm telling you what, it's not going to be him. Something's got to yield when you come and you collide with the presence of God in your life. And it's not going to be him. There's this verse that I love to read. It's in Psalms. And it says that he do God does whatever he pleases to do here on earth and in heaven. And I read in this commentary, it says he goes where he wants, he does what he pleases, and he answers to no one. Sometimes I like to read that just so I can, like, you know, <laughs> bow in his presence. But we have to position ourselves to submit to the will of the Lord. Um, so I grew up in a very, very charismatic Pentecostal-type environment, very spirit-filled, okay? Uh, and so I remember being young, like 10 years old, you know, and I remember going to these revival services. It's where the speaker would ask everybody to stand at the end of service, and he would lay his hands on people, and they would, you know, in response to the glory of the Lord in their life, they would, they would fall on the ground, right, and, and a reaction to the glory of the Lord that they're witnessing in that moment. And I remember growing up in these envi environments when I was younger, and I was, I remember, I wasn't opposed to it, but I had moments where I was just kind of like, is this really necessary? You know, I mean, come on, people are on the ground speaking in some weird mumbling languages, and like, it's, it's getting weird in here. I was 10 years old, and I, you know, I was kind of like, you know, not opposed to it, but I was just kind of like, you know, like, we've been here for three hours, it's 12 o'clock in the morning, some of you know what I'm talking about. I'm tired. I'm ready to go. Can I get a ride home? Because my parents are on the ground right now. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I'm tired. Can we please go, okay? Fast forward, I'm 25 years old, okay? Fast forward to when I'm 25. I go to this uh, revival conference in Pittsburgh, Ohio, and where we got done with the music and the pastor begins to speak, and at the end of his message, he asks everyone to stand to their feet. And everyone stands to their feet, and he begins laying his hands on people, and they're falling out left and right, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, and I'm not opposed to the Holy Spirit, but I was just like, come on, man, really? Again, this is happening? Come on, Lord, really? And people are falling out left and right, and there's these people called catchers. And what happens is when someone falls, they, they catch them. Well, they were on the ground, too. Everybody was falling on the ground. So he's making his way across the auditorium. He makes his way to my, to my area, and I'm like, oh, nope, 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 nope. And just, just a quick thing, if you ever go to a Holy Spirit-filled revival service and you're unsure, don't sit in the front row, okay? All right. <laughs> so it just in fear and just nervousness and just not quite sure about this whole thing, I just kind of slip my way up the stairs, you know, and try to run my way out the, the door. 
And I turn back, and, I have, and I'm in concern because my friend had walked forward. He went the opposite way. He went towards the guy. He walked towards the guy to get prayer. And I look back, and I'm like, oh, no, because like I said earlier, all the catches were on the floor. So he walks forward. <laughs> he walks forward to the, to the speaker. The speaker lays his hands on his head, and his, my friend's knees begin to wobble. And I was like, oh, no. So I kind of, you know, speed up to get down there. I run all the way back down the stairs to catch him. I get right behind him. The speaker reaches over my friend and touches me. I was out. I was down. I was all my skepticism, my criticism, it was gone. Everything I was carrying in that moment was gone. I was going through a really dark place during that time of my life, worried about finances, finances and everything. All of that lifted off of me in just a second. But, but also, too, what happened is in that moment, I was shaking and I was fighting it. I, <laughs> I get hit with the glory of the Lord and I'm still fighting it. That's just how much control I want. I'm fighting it and I'm pushing it. And then all of a sudden, this, this person behind me, and it's so funny, also, too, later, uh, after I got up, this person behind me was like, yeah, <laughs> you hit the ground pretty hard, man. <laughs> and I didn't feel it, though. That was what was amazing about that. But then he, this person came up to behind, behind me when I was fighting it. He laid his hand on my head, and he said, relinquish your control. Receive the Holy Spirit in your life. I was out for two hours, y'all. Two hours. I was trembling, but I wasn't afraid. I was crying and sobbing, but not out of sadness. I had experienced the glory of the Lord in my life, and it changed me. It changed my life to where I can sit here today and tell you this story. And I'm telling you what, that moment wasn't just for that moment, because that moment has sustained me even to this day. I'm 31 years old now. That was six years ago. Any time that I'm here or I'm just in any kind of situation, I'm struggling with depression or anxiety or whatever, I remember the day that he touched me and changed my life. Some of you are sitting here like, oh, man, why is he shouting and yelling at me? If you have ever been in a hole as dark as I have been and he redeemed you, you would shout too. He pulls you out. He pulls us out of our despair and into his glory. This is more than church, you guys. We got to get out of checking the boxes. We, come, we are here to experience the Lord in his fullness. And even if you have skepticism or you're just not sure about it today, he wants to encounter you. In this moment, right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I believe it right now. So I have a question for you. All of you here today, when it comes to submitting to the Lord's authority, what do you have to lose? Think about it for a second. Is it our pride? Are we worried about how foolish we may look in front of other people? I was. I was like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Oh, why am I shaking? Why am I sobbing? Why am I snot coming out of my nose? This is so embarrassing. <laughs> Are we worried about how we may look in front of other people? Is it our philosophy on how, what we think the Holy Spirit should or should not do? We kind of get into these places where we say, ah, yeah, we start to judge the work of the Holy Spirit in other people's lives. We can't do that. Who are we to dictate and, and say what the Holy Spirit should or should not do in someone's life? That was me. That was my testimony until he humbled me in his presence. You see, the submission to the Lord, it does not require your understanding. <laughs> Some of you don't like that. I don't like that. You don't understand, you don't understand how it happens in the brain and all this. No. No. Submitting to the Lord does not require you to understand, but it does require your faith. Do you believe that Jesus is exactly who he says that he is today? Do you believe that he died on the cross and rose again? 
Do you believe that he is the Messiah, the son of the living God? These are questions we need to be able to answer, church. Do we believe either he is or he isn't? Either he is the son of God or he's a liar. Either he promised us his Holy Spirit to guide us in truth and understanding or he did not. Which one is it going to be? Do we believe that Jesus is the son of God? (laughs) Yes, thank God. All right, cool. Let's move on. (laughs) I love it. You guys are amazing. This is so cool. Okay. For some of us, we kind of live our lives still like Saul, where Jesus is still buried, and we have yet to receive his resurrection power in our life. See, to Saul, Jesus was buried. There was no resurrection. And some of us as Christians, I'm just going to be honest with you, sometimes we live like we're still bound. We have yet to experience the resurrection power of Jesus in our lives. He has freed us. And in the spirit, every time I have these moments where I just see a lot of us have things that we're struggling with. And I just, in the spirit, I just, I see this. A lot of us are kind of like in cages, but the door is open. Right? And we, sometimes we get a little comfortable in them as well. But because of the cross, because of the resurrection of Jesus, that, that, that confinement, those chains, they have been broken. But sometimes we have get to step out of the cage that we're in and step into his freedom. The victory of the cross is for all of us. We've all been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ to those who receive it. And I just want to make sure that we're, un- that we're aware of that. Raise the awareness of the Spirit of God in your life. I want to skip ahead a couple, a couple verses to uh, verse 19. After Saul's encounter with, with Jesus, the Bible says that Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. I love that the first thing that Saul does after he encounters Jesus is he changes his environment. The very first thing that Saul does, he has this moment with the Lord and he changes his environment. Those people that he was persecuting Christians with, we don't hear from them. He's staying with disciples and believers now. Some of us need to change our environment. As we're on this walk with the Lord and we're walking with the Holy Spirit, some of us need to be careful of the music that we listen to, the TV shows that we watch the people we hang out with. I know some of us are like, oh, that doesn't matter. That's not a big deal. It is a very big deal. It's a very big deal to our spiritual formation and our health. Galatians chapter 5 says that the spirit wishes to do what is contradictory to the flesh, and the flesh what is contradictory to the spirit. Which one are we filling up, church? Which one are we filling up? The spirit wishes to do what is contradictory to the flesh and the flesh to the spirit. We need to be careful. It matters. What we consume, what we watch, it really does matter. Some of us need to change our environment. Those of us who want to grow in our relationship with God and grow in being aware of the Holy Spirit voice in our lives, maybe we need to kind of change the environments that we are in. Verse 20 says, And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. This is, this is Saul speaking. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation amongst Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus could not refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. People are looking at this man, and they can't believe their eyes. They're looking at him. I just imagine them kind of like elbowing each other. Wait, 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 hold on. I know this man. Wasn't this the guy who's, who's persecuting people who love Jesus? Now he's speaking on behalf of him? Saul went being from someone who persecuted people for following Jesus to being someone who would die for Jesus. Saul went being from someone who 
try to tear down the thought of Christianity to building churches. This is the transformative work that God did in Saul's life. And I think that God loves to work in the all of a sudden moments so that everybody would know that it was God who did it. Because I know some of us here are like, man, I know you didn't change yourself, right? I know you didn't do this. Something had to have happened to you, right? Sometimes we get stuck in our ways, but nothing is beyond God's reach for his transforming work in our lives. I believe that he does these all of a sudden encounters with us so that everyone would know all glory and praise belongs to the Lord. His glory will not be shared with anyone. So I know a couple of us, couple of us here today may have some, some questions. Who is the Holy Spirit? Why do I need to receive the Holy Spirit? And honestly, this topic right here is a whole nother message. Okay, I'm just... To be honest with you, there's so much to unpack when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But what I want to do is I want to break down a couple verses uh, for you guys today. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it says, uh, this is John the Baptist. He says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. He's referring to Jesus. Who, uh, much greater than I, that I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verses 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. It says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because they aren't looking for him, and they don't recognize him. But when you know him... He lives with you. The Holy Spirit. So Jesus sends him to guide us in truth and understanding. We need his truth to be revealed in our lives. Amen? Right? We need his truth. There's so many things circulating and flying around all over Instagram and social media and truths and different truths and all these different things. We need his truth. We need Jesus in our lives. And the Holy Spirit equips us to be able to receive that. He edifies the church with prophetic ministry. Okay? Anybody ever, you know, seen someone who says, oh, I have a prophetic word from you? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's being able to listen and discern what the Holy Spirit is speaking in a moment, and it edifies the body of Christ. Okay? It edifies us. And also, too, I want to say this. Church has to be more than a place that we attend. Okay? It has to be more than a place that we attend. Because I even love it in Saul's testimony, if you fast forward to Acts 22, he talks about before he received Jesus, the Bible says that he was zealous for God. He had passion for the things of the law, but his passion was misplaced. So what God did is he tweaked his passion and set him on fire for the things of his kingdom. And so a lot of us here today are like, well, I come to church, I read my Bible. Saul read the scriptures, Saul attended the synagogues, but it wasn't until he had a relationship with Jesus that he was able to understand his purpose. Church has to be more than a place that we attend. His transforming work happens in his church. It empowers us for service so that the message of Christ can be effective. Okay? I also want to say this when it comes to the church. I, I love how we say this sometimes. What happens here at Centerpoint cannot stay here at Centerpoint. Right? We were meant to take the message of the gospel outside of these doors into our workplaces into our families and preach the message of Jesus Christ to those in our lives. It wasn't meant to just stay in this place, you guys. I hope you hear me today. I hope you hear me today. It was not meant for us to come in here, sit down, take a couple notes, feel good about ourselves, and go out the door. We're supposed to take this with us 
to our communities, to the people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a movement. The church is referred to as the ecclesia, not just a, a, a building. An ecclesia is a movement of people on fire for God, captivated by the Holy Spirit and the glory of the Lord to go and share what they've experienced. Jesus tells his disciples, take all that you have learned from me and take it to the ends of the earth. And we've, we've got we've to answer that call in our lives, you guys. It's so much more than coming here at 9 o'clock in the morning, sitting, you know, singing some songs and leaving. We got some work to do, church. We have a world that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe Centerpoint is definitely a part of that mission. Amen? The Holy Spirit refreshes us. Anybody need a refreshing here today? Come on, I know we do. I, I need a refreshing every day. Thank you, Jesus. I need a refreshing in my life. The Holy Spirit refreshes us. When we get into this habit of doing life the same way over and over, sometimes we need to wake up in the morning and say, here I am, Holy Spirit. Here I am. I'm your servant. I am listening to you. Give me a revelation today. Speak to my heart. Bring a fresh anointing upon my life today. That's what he does. He refreshes us. So... Let this be your all-of-a-sudden moment with Jesus. Here right now, why wait? Why wait for another moment? There's no moment better than this. Right now, I think he's, I, I know he's speaking to us right now. And I want to say this too. All of our moments may not be the same. Okay, sometimes we chase the hype of it and the feeling of it, but the Lord just wants to speak to us. Some of us may have that light shining in heaven and we're floored on the ground and we're sleeping for two hours. And some of us, he may come in the gentleness of his voice speaking to us and it still changes us. But the Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So we're all going to have a unique and different experience with the Holy Spirit. Nonetheless, he wants to encounter you. And I believe he wants to do that today. Today. Right now. Not later, not next week. Right now. This is what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do. So can we say this together? I think we have it up on the screen. It says, uh, I will, yeah, let's, oh, perfect. Can we say this together, church? Here we go. One, two, three. I will open my awareness to the Spirit of God. Let's do it one more time with some conviction. Can we do that? Here we go. One, two, three. I will open my awareness to the Spirit of God in my life. That's where we start. You start by being willing. Start there. Some of you are like, well, where do I start? How do I receive this? Start by being willing because only the Holy Spirit can pour himself out upon you. Amen? So for those of you who are asking, well, where do I start? And, you know, how do I get into this? You know, what's going on? How do I begin this whole journey of listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life? Well, let's, let's look at Saul. Let's just kind of break this down. Saul had his ideologies and his way of life. Jesus reveals himself to Saul. Saul responds to Jesus saying, is it you, Lord? Jesus responds by telling him, yep, it is me, the one you are persecuting. Saul receives his salvation and gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul's life changes. So let's kind of look at our lives through that perspective, okay? You have your, I, my, your ideologies and your way of life. Jesus is revealing himself to you right now. Take this time to respond to him. Maybe ask him, is this, is this you, Lord? Is this you, Lord, speaking to me right now? And he will respond to you and say, yeah, the one that's been calling you in the morning and you've just been a little bit too busy for me. The one that's been telling you, I'll take away all your addictions and the things that you're struggling with, but you're, you have yet to, to hand them over to me. He will respond to you. Receive your salvation, and if you've already received your salvation, affirm the work of salvation in your life, and then get filled with the Holy Spirit, and let him change your life. Thank you, Jesus. I want to invite the band to come up right now. 
I want us to take a couple moments in prayer. And please don't, let's not run for the doors in this moment. I think God wants to do something amazing right now in this moment. I, I want to spend some time in prayer. And there are some of us here right now who, when the thought of coming to being commissioned to the work of the ministry, you're like, wait, hold on. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out who Jesus is. And I think in a moment like this, I think it's important that we understand that all of us need Jesus. So if we can all close our eyes and bow our heads, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us in this moment right now. Some of you are here today and you have yet to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior in your life. And pretty much what that is, is we come to this place in our life where we realize, you know what, I can't, I can't do life on my own anymore. I've tried it. I failed. I can't do life alone. I've tried my best to dot all the I's and cross all the T's, to conjure up strength to even get up in the morning because I'm just feeling so down about everything. There's a heaviness in my life that just will not lift off of me. And I don't know what to do about it. And in this moment right now, I think it's time for, us to, for you to be open and, and receptive to Jesus coming into your life and receiving the salvation of Jesus Christ. So if you're here right now in this moment and, you're, and you, you have that testimony, that, that story of, you know what, I can't keep doing this anymore. There's too much pain. There's too much sleepless nights. There's too much anxiety in my life. I can't do this anymore. I need help. Well, Jesus is our helper. The Bible says, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So if you're here right now in this moment, this is a, this is a very safe place. I want to make sure that I'm very clear on that. This is a very, very safe place. I don't want you to worry about the person next to you. I don't want you to worry about what people may think of you. But in this moment right now, if you have yet to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to do something bold. And again, every eye is closed, every head is bowed. You're in a safe place. If you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, would you please raise your hand right now? I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. I'll take a couple minutes. I see your hand in the back there. Yep. Let's take a couple moments. There's no rush right now. I'm not in a hurry. The Holy Spirit's not in a hurry. We came to church for this moment. Yes, we came to church for this moment for people to come into a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. If you want to give your life to Jesus, raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, okay, yep, I see your hand. Wow, yes, I see your hand. I feel like there's a couple more. This is a beautiful moment, you guys. Jesus Christ, he is here right now. I see your hand. Yep, I see your hand. This is a beautiful moment. Thank you, Jesus. He's so wonderful. See, I want to pray for you and all of us who have already received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We'll repeat this prayer together in confidence with those who raise their hands. Let's just say, Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that I need you in my life, that I can't do life on my own. I receive the gift of your salvation in my life right now, and I acknowledge you as the Son of God that taketh away all my sins. 
In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Can we celebrate those who prayed that prayer today? All right, we're not done just yet. Nobody go anywhere, okay? <laughs> everybody stand to your feet. We're not done yet. There's one more prayer I would like to do. I think it's very appropriate that after talking about the Holy Spirit that we create a space where we can receive him today. So I know a lot of you have accepted salvation in Jesus Christ, but maybe some of you are like, you know what? I don't know if I've ever heard the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't even know what that looks like. And let's say you want to receive that today. Can everybody close, close your eyes? Sorry, you can stand, but close your eyes. I'm figuring this out right now <laughs> as we go. Let's close our eyes. Make this a safe place for everybody. If you're here today and you want to receive the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life right now, I think this is the moment to do it. I don't think there is a better moment than this. So right now in this moment, if you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, if you want to hear his voice, if you want your life to be changed by acknowledging the awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life, why wait another day? Let's do it right now. Let's lay down any skepticism or pride that we may have or any th thought that we have of what the Holy Spirit should or should not do. And let's just lay that aside right now. Lay it aside right now. And let's just receive from the Holy Spirit. So if you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life right now, can you just put your hands up like this in a posture of receiving? I know there are a lot of, I prayed for this moment. I talked to the Holy Spirit about this. I know that there are those of you who want to receive this. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Just like this. Nothing crazy, nothing out, just like this. All right, yes. I'm going to pray this prayer over you right now. If you have already received the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life, can you just begin interceding for your brothers and sisters right now? Just begin to pray. You can pray out loud. You can raise your voice. It's okay. Yep, just begin to pray and intercede right now. He's here. Wow. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. Thank you. He's resting upon us right now in this moment. Yes, let us become more aware of your presence, Lord, right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Some people are about to walk out of here a completely different person. We got some Saul testimonies in the room today. Come on, somebody. Yes. Yes. I want to pray this prayer over us right now, and I pray that you would receive this. Heavenly Father, I stand in obedience with my brothers and sisters here today, those who are here in person and those who are watching online, for your Holy Spirit to come in power and rest upon those with their hands lifted right now. We ask right now that your presence would be made known, felt, and heard amongst your people. In this moment, I pray that right now for an increased awareness of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give visions and dreams right now of where they should go, what they should do next. I pray for any scales of spiritual blindness to fall off right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for an activation and a boldness to come upon them, that they would go forth to share the gospel to their co-workers, their families, and that in this moment we can look back and remember the day that we received the Holy Spirit and that thousands and thousands more would come to know Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Come on. Yes, let's give him praise. Let's take a couple minutes. Let's just sing to the Lord right now in this moment. Brittany's going to lead us in some worship.